Alright, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is try to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been keeping you awake, whether that's thoughts, feelings... Uh, physical sensations, inside noises, outside noises, whatever's keeping you awake, I want to take your mind off of that. I'm going to use lulling, soothing tones that with creaky, you know, that are a little bit creaky. Uh, a lot of distractions, uh, like just take my time. I'm going to try to be pleasant and welcoming because I've been there. I know what it's like to be, you know, be able to fall asleep. So that's why I'm sending my voice across the deep, dark night. That's why I make this show. If you're new here, welcome. I guess I'll give you the structure of the show right up front. So we we have only a few minutes of ads every week and, and, and things, about five minutes at the top of the show, business stuff, so we can keep making the podcast. Uh, then on Sunday, the episodes come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. New episodes three times a week. Uh, Sunday nights, which is tonight, is uh, Star Trek, uh, Sleep with the TNG, Star Trek, The Next Generation Recaps. And so here's what we'll do. We're, we're just at the beginning of an intro. I like to get these intros about 12, 14 minutes. And the reason for that, you know, you could skip ahead to the Star Trek stuff, but the reason I make them is like a lot of people uses ease to put them in the mood, helps new people know that this show is mostly nonsense and not sure what a non sequitur is, but something like a, like something like a non sequitur sounds nonsense with nonsense with her. It's not like nonsense. I've never seen the musical nonsense. Uh, N-U-N-S-E-N-S-E, I think. I don't think it's like anything like the musical nonsense. I, but I can't say that for sure because I have only seen probably a poster for nonsense. And it sounds good when I say I like saying it. But so there'll be a long intro here. But it's supposed to be, it, it'll put you in the mood, ease you into it. Only two things you really have to remember. Well, three things, I guess. Uh, you know, Spycast doesn't work for everybody. I hope it works for you, but I can't promise you that. You know, I'm glad you're here, and I really hope I can help you fall asleep. But this Spycast isn't anything aggressive. You know, it's, it's here as an option to try to help you. So that's, you know, so no pressure to fall asleep. That, that's point two, because the episode's around an hour. So you can ease your way to sleep, uh, you know, just take your time getting there. And what are my other points? Um, oh, there's no pressure to listen, even though this is a podcast. At some point, you'll be like, well, you can listen. You know, I work hard at making the shows uh, for people that either have trouble falling asleep or that want some companionship in the deep, dark night. So I'll be here for an hour uh, doing my best to create something that's moderately entertaining. Uh, but you don't really have to listen. Uh, you know, like uh, you won't miss much. And with these Star Trek episodes, like tonight, we're going to be talking about Data's Day from our buddy Aristeo gave me the idea. But I like to get some quotes from the episode to try to make them in a metaphor for the podcast. So Data says at one point, it could be chasing an untamed orthanoid which, uh, without cause, which Dr. Crusher says, oh, you mean a wild goose chase, Data? So wild goose chase. And then at the end, Data says, uh, there are many human emotions I don't comprehend, 
but I'm not mystified by the desire to be loved or the need for friendship. These are things I do understand. And the last thing Data says is if being human is not a matter of just, uh, you know, having a human body, instead of a way of thinking, acting, and feeling, then I'm hopeful one day I'll discover my own humanity. Now, a couple of things about that. Like, sometimes for me, getting going to sleep, like last night in particular, I don't know what it was, but it was like a wild goose chase. Like, moving, I tried moving my pillows. That didn't work. Tried get, I read until my eyes were, like, closed my book. I think I fell asleep for four seconds, and then I couldn't, you know, then I woke back up or something, and then I couldn't fall asleep. And I tried all my different techniques, couldn't fall asleep. You know, moving, moving, you know, tossing and turning, mind racing, all that stuff. It was a bit like a good, and then at some point for me, I can get to that place where I'm like, then I start comprehending humanity. And I'm like, I'm not qualified to comprehend humanity uh, during the day. So I don't know why I'm headed down this path of the meaning of life at like whatever, one thirty in the morning on a work day. When I got to work all day and then, you know, then I come home and I try to work on the podcast. So I got a full day, you know, I need to get a good night's sleep. So, and it's just baffling. I don't know what what was up with yesterday. It just didn't, they said, well, I don't know. Let me, uh, let me like, uh, let me make it mysterious. And for some people, there's a very specific reason why you can't sleep. And for some people, you might just be traveling. Whatever is I'd like to distract you. Like I said, uh, uh, because I've been there, and that's the last thing. I'm not mystified by the desire to get a good night's sleep, kind of like Data says, uh, the desire to be loved or the need for friendship. And while, you know, I, like we don't all know each other personally, like I, I, like I, and while I don't know exactly what you're going through, I can relate to it, relate to it. Uh, it's twice in a row I don't think I said the word relate. I can relate to, to lying there. And being stressed out, just wanting a good night's sleep, just a little respite. So the show is, I guess, like a wild goose chase. It, like in some sense, this like this podcast does resemble it, like structurally. Even when I'm talking about episode of uh, what is this uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, and the idea that wild goose chase is, uh, let's say you're in bed. Let's say let's 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 conduct a little fantasy here. <laughs> with all the reality we've had so far, you're in your bed and you got this view of a beautiful field and you're having trouble. It's like a nice moonlit night and maybe you got a lot on your mind and then you look out your window and you're watching a goose run around out there. You know, maybe it's chasing its own tail. I don't know. I guess a wild goose chase is when you chase the goose. So maybe there's something like a geese, like a gosling, a couple, maybe that's it. It's like a playtime. And there's a bunch of goslings. Those are little cute little baby geese, in, at least to me. And they're chasing a goose, a mama goose, papa goose, uncle goose, aunt goose, whatever. And it's it's wild, but at a distance it's not as wild because, you know, you don't know what their family, their goose family dynamic is. You're safely removed. And it's very cute because, you know, even if you don't like geese, uh, you, you love goslings. And, I mean, I'll give Ryan a shout-out, too. I love Ryan Gosling. What, what can I say? Is there anyone better looking that looks better in a V-neck T-shirt in America today than Ryan Gosling? I don't—I can't—I mean, I don't think there is. 
I mean, I, it's like every time I, like I said, if I could pull off 30% gasling in this V-neck, I'd be happy. And I said, well, no, but, uh, but in this situation, it probably wouldn't be good if Ryan Gosling's out there. I mean, maybe it is, maybe Ryan Gosling and some Gosling, I mean, if you're a Gosling fan and they're running around the field and there's just something about it that puts you at ease and it takes your mind off of, you know, it takes you outside of your own head. It takes you outside and maybe it gets misty. I guess like if Ryan Gosling's crawling around with some guy, it might be hard to sleep, but maybe you get some giggles going and at some point it gets like, then you watch the geese and like, and you say, okay, well at this point, even this is like not as entertaining, you know, cause then they're doing like, uh, a goose mother may, mother goose may I, and, uh, after the 40th thing, like hop on your left foot, you say, okay, I can only watch this. Uh, and so I just want to close my eyes for, I'm so, it's so nice that Ryan Gosling and some geese and, you know, whatever they decided to put on a show outside my window tonight. And I totally forgot, you know, took my mind off of it. And now, you know, I could curl, you know, and, and it's, that's neutral. Like you say, you know, some people may find Ryan Gosling attractive. Some people might find him, what's the word I'm looking for for me, where you say, uh, like like when you go upward, you'd say, it'd be nice if I was Ryan Gosling. What's that called? I don't know. Like, uh, there's a, definitely a word for it, but I, I can't think of it. Also, I mean, there's you, you, like, a, you, you all, like, a, like you'd fan, say, man, that'd be pretty cool to have Ryan Gosling as a best friend. Like, does Ava just have, like, a cousin or something, you know, you could, you know, introduce me? Or just, you know, like, what do you brush your teeth with? Because, like, like do do you use regular toothpaste with those teeth or what? No, I figured, I I figured you had your own special toothpaste, but uh, could I use some of it sometime? Oh, I almost had it. It's like where you wish you were, uh, oh, I almost had it again. Anyway. Whatever it is, and then you just ease off into dreamland. This podcast is like that, but without Ryan Gosling, just the geese uh, running around. And, like, uh, I know it's a silly little thing, but I take it very, very seriously. As I said, I've been there, and I've been there as recently as last night. So, uh, I don't know. All I can say is I put my heart and my soul into this for you. And I know it won't work for everybody. I wish it did. I wish I had a magical podcast, you know, where maybe Ryan Gosling plays some sort of pan flute and I do some humming and you would just fall asleep. But I found that this works better. Yeah, This is what I can do. And it's just a little silly story to take your mind off stuff. Maybe put you at ease. Maybe let make you giggle. And ideally, you know, at least make you feel neutral about that time, if not look forward to it. And if you're first time here, you know, it doesn't work for everybody. And if it doesn't work for you, I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I wish it worked for everybody. If you're cynical, give it a few tries. It does take a, like, a, like a lot of hardcore listeners to say, well, it took three or four times for me to realize I'm not supposed to make any sense of this. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Barely makes sense to me, and I make it. But the thing is, it's my honor to make it. And as I say every episode, I'm glad you're here. And I really hope and I really yearn I can help you fall asleep tonight. And thanks for stopping by. All right, hey, everybody. We're talking about uh, Season 4, Episode 11, maybe? 
Is that what it is? Uh, date is day or data is day, depending on how. Uh, original air date, uh, January 7th, 1991. Hun- number 185. I think that only means the 100th episode, though. I don't know if it actually is the 100th episode of uh, Star-, Star Trek Next Generation. My iPad 4S is not responding to my touch at this moment at all. So I don't have the episode I've been running. I did press the home button and nothing happened. But yeah, so this is a Data's Day. Let's see if I have the right page here. Okay, still having issues getting the episode running on my old iPhone. But uh, I did, I want to say uh, thank Aristeo from Bear Trap Fitness, our friend who recommended this episode. And I do believe I got the episode almost running. It was downloading on Amazon Prime in the background. Oh, it still thinks I'm, it thinks I'm at the end of the episode. That's a good sign because I had just finished it. Um, a couple uh, work notes here. So I tried an, another new strategy on uh, watching this episode uh, to bring my knowledge even deeper. What I did was I, I've been doing So I watched it uh, once for pleasure a few months ago. Uh, then when Aristeo recommended, I said, "Oh, I could use, I could do day to day, day to day." I've seen that episode, I enjoyed it. Uh, other than the Royale, uh, this may be a pinnacle of a data data related comedy, but I, I don't know. I mean, this has been a buffet of data comedy that I've gotten to enjoy on Star Trek: The Next Generation. And then I also watched it while working out once this week. And then what I did was I broke it into chunks. Every like a segment of the show between an ad break, I would watch it once and kind of take notes on the story. I still don't have that note taking down on the story beats good yet. Then I would watch it again immediately after and take in-depth notes. Uh, so I think we'll get a little bit more uh, marrow out of the bone w- with this kind of level of sucking I'm doing. It, that was, uh, I think that, that was a tr- true metaphor, but I also felt like it might make someone giggle. Uh, but let's fire this episode up. So date is day, logging, uh, for the second officer's log, record entry for transmission of Bruce Maddox, a cybernetics division, day, Daystrom Institute. And it's a letter, though, from data... Uh, audio letter, kind of like a podcast, personal podcast episode. And Data's on the bridge. He like uh, the visuals right now. He he's strolling the bridge. He's strolling the bridge, and he's saying, "Jesus, in, in reference to your most recent letter, I agree. Your study lacks pri- su- sufficient primary source information on my programming and operation. So, uh, in response to your request, I'm going to give you a complete record of my activities during a normal day." With emphasis, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends behind the binary, and my perceptions of friendship. Uh, Riker shows up. He's like, they have interchange. Hey, geez, you're Riker. You're 15 minutes early. And Riker says, well, it's a big day, Data. I thought the father of the bride would enjoy being relieved early on wedding day. And Data says, thank you. And Riker says, are you nervous? He goes, I cannot become nervous, sir. However, I do sense a certain anticipation about the wedding. And Riker goes, what's going down today? And Data says, normal. We got uh, Lieutenant Juarez is in labor. And we're waiting for the Zukov uh, with uh, Ambassador Tapel. And Riker says, I have the bridge. And then Data says, aye, sir. 
And then Data says, begin day watch. Or Riker says that. And the lights change, which I did, like, I think that was the first time I've seen that, which I thought uh, was interesting. Let's see if I have any other notes. Primary source. Uh, Data sits. Uh, he he sat down because Riker was early. So Data was just sitting down in the commander's chair or whatever, right as Riker showed up. So he had to get back up. Uh, as always, Riker was amused. Uh, that's, you know, that's no surprise. I have the bridge. It's a voiceover episode, too. So Data's giving us voiceover, not just, I guess, through his uh, log, but we're reading his thoughts, uh, actually. So it's a VO. And I, I said, huh, I wonder how many episodes of uh, uh, Next Generation are VO and not Picard VO. I don't know. VO? I don't know how many. Make it so, was what Picard would say. He'd say Picard probably, he said, we're going to do a VO episode? Make it so. Uh, let's see. Uh, go to Keiko's room. She has a lot of birds of paradise in the room she's in. Uh, data's out collecting human data or data. She also has an interesting Keiko uh, character we'll discuss more. Don't know if I've like recognized her other than from this episode and then preceding episodes. But her workplace doesn't really show, unless it's her hobby. I guess that was another question. But anyway, she got this interesting multicolored rock sculpture fountain on one wall. Also, a little bit, uh, I don't know, like, like I don't know. I won't comment on the rest of the decorations in her room because I didn't know. I don't know. I said, huh, this is culturally, is this, I don't know. So, like, I guess they were culturally present earth Japanese. So I said, I don't know about that. Uh, that's what I meant. I don't, I might as well just be honest with you. Uh, then at 241, some wooden doors with circles, glass, and starfruit. I was trying to figure out where they were, where data was. Data, 10 forward, though, it ends up, because uh, he goes to check the wedding setup. Uh, uh, does the ship change charge? Oh, I w- this was a question. Does the ship charge for wedding programming? Uh, then behind O'Brien, I don't know what that means. So we'll see in a second. Data gives bad news. Uh, Jordy's not happy about it. Uh, then the VO close open. I don't know what that means either. Uh, let's see. So Data's in the corridor giving his voice over. I've developed a program enabling me to predict human emotional responses to specific actions. He goes into Keiko's quarters. She's getting married to O'Brien is one of the things happening in this episode. And she says, I don't, I don't think I want to marry O'Brien. Calling off the wedding. And Data says, may I ask why? She goes, I'm marrying O'Brien. And Data, no, she says, it's just the right thing to do. She, and Data says, have your feelings for O'Brien changed? And she says, I should be happy by getting married, but I'm not. It just feels, I'm feeling a lot of pressure. And Data says, will canceling the wedding make you happy? Keiko doesn't answer that question, which is interesting. She says, he'll be as relieved as I am, Data. You introduced us. Can you let him down for me? And Data says, as you wish. Uh, then Data does some, uh, what do you call that, voiceover. He says, my friend uh, Chief O'Brien says that above all else, he wants to make Keiko happy. Since canceling the wedding will make her happy, I must assume the chief will be pleased at her decision. 
And so Data says, hey, Chief O'Brien, I got great news. He goes, what? He goes, "Uh, Keiko has decided to to increase her happiness by canceling the wedding. And O'Brien's like, she's just canceling the wedding out of the blue? I can't believe it. And he storms off, and Jordy kind of shames Data. He goes, next time, maybe let me break the good news. And then Data does another VO. He goes, Commander Maddox, it would appear that my program designed to predict human emotional responses needs some adjustments. Then we have the open, and Data says, personal log supplemental. This is the 1,550th day since the commission of the Enterprise. Besides coming, Ambassador Tapel coming, other events, four birthdays, two transfers, the Hindu Festival of Lights, two chess tournaments, one school play, and four promotions. Overall, an ordinary day. So I liked that. I really loved that, the, the diversity of events. Uh, I thought that was cool. Uh, then Data goes down to meet uh, the um, Ambassador Tapel. Uh, let me see what other notes. Uh, and uh, Ambassador Tapel is a Vulcan. And Data says, Welcome aboard the Enterprise, Ambassador. She goes, I'll meet with your captain. Let's see, post-open story-wise, two ships meet, Ambassador is tactical, Romulan's in the neutral zone. Uh, we have, this is the story points so I was trying to, data and humans with his limits, uh, friendship, confusion about feelings around weddings, him and Jordy, him and Worf, uh, dancing, something about being self-sufficient, uh, then kind of being without emotional detections or something in the gut. That's the most important thing, like, we learn about this, I think. Also, yeah, so Data says 1550 a day, lists of stuff, transporter room. Then on the turbo lift, uh, Data 604. Data's really staring at this Ambassador Tapel's hat or eyebrows, really side-eyeing Ambassador Tapel. And even says, since I'm not affected by emotional considerations, I'm more Vulcan than human, or closer to Vulcan than human. However, while their devotional logic does have an appeal, they find their stark philosophy limited. Uh, Then they head into Picard's office. Uh, Picard uh, intros Riker, his number one, to uh, the ambassador, who says, leave, please. And Riker's like, at first he's suddenly taken aback with the way she's staring at it, staring him down. And then as they leave, he go, he glares and he t- says to Data, charming woman. Like, cause he's not, you know, he's not happy that, uh, Ambassador Tapel. I thought it was also interesting, uh, that, uh, Vulcan say, I come to serve. And Picard says, your service honors us. And Data also comments on irony. He says, oh, the tone of Commander's voice makes, uh, say, a charming woman uh, think me he's not serious. Uh, my experience is, experience, this is good that Data's, Data's evolving. He says, my experience says it's the opposite. Irony is a form of expression I have not mastered. Then we get a pretty good scene in a hair salon with Jordy getting his hair done and with the barber. And uh, the barber's blue. I, I think I've seen the barber before. Very, very charming barber. They didn't have any a lot of mirrors other than the handheld ones I saw in this barber shop. Uh, link reared. What does that mean? Ink head. Link reared. Woman. 
something haired, some haired, green haired woman. She's from the Grinch, uh, from who the planet of Whoville. This woman getting her hair dyed. Eight oh five. This woman's in the background, uh, getting her hair dyed. Eight oh five. Data does this double take as her hair changes from green to brown to ginger. What that says, Link. Oh no, Lunkhead. Data calls Jordy a Lunkhead. We'll get to the dialogue in a second. And then Jordy says, "You could better go get a gift." Uh, then the eight thirty-two way store, way sold store, way sold store. But yeah, Jordy. Let's see. Data says, "I've been trying to figure out friendly insults and jibes, another form of human speech. I'm trying to figure out with my best friend." He says, "Jordy's his best friend." Is another big moment. Say, I could be your best friend, Data. No offense to Jordy, but uh, I could do a lot with, uh, you know, an evolving android with super strength. And But he says, uh, Jordy, Jordy says, are you going to get a haircut? And Data says, my hair does not require trimming, your lunkhead. And Jordy says, what? He goes, my hair does not require trimming. And Jordy says, you call me a lunkhead? He goes, I'm experimenting with these uh, insults. Not meant as a serious disparagement. And I think it's funny, too, that Data uses this, like, old, I mean, especially then it would be old uh, thing. He's about to do his double take now. I'm watching. It's hilarious. Uh, and then he says, Jordy, can I ask you, what happened this morning with O'Brien? And Jordy says, he's just surprised. He didn't mean to get mad. He just uh, thinks Keiko does want to get married, and she has cold feet. Data says, cold feet jitters, a nervous reaction to an impending event of great importance. And Jordy says, don't worry, it'll it'll all work out. She'll, she, they're going to get married. And Data says, really? And Jordy says, absolutely, so go get a gift. And then again, we have another scene not to be missed here. It, this is like, like two of my favorite characters together, Worf and Data. And they're at the ship's store, which is just replicators. So I don't know if you pay for this stuff or what, uh, but Wharf Shopping, which is just hilarious to watch. I could watch this kind of stuff all day long. It just the way he looks on his face, his body language. But Data rolls up on him, and he, Data says, can you get some help with it? And Wharf says, yes, of course. Uh, I have attended human weddings before. Uh, something, uh, just, he's just got just a formal kind of demeanor. I don't know what that means. But it, it, Worf turns into like a high school teen here. He's very mean girls. Uh, it's, this is gold. You got to watch the scene. 8.30, it's at 8 minutes and 30 seconds. He says, my parents used to make me go to these things. Let's see, let's go to the data. I mean, to go to the, uh. Uh, worse looking through gifts, and uh, he says, "My parents usually buy people glasses." He goes, "The human, the human, you know, human custom." And then he goes to this glass swan. He's he's thinking about buying it. Worf is, and Data says, "I thought the gift would should respect the re- reflect the personality of the person giving it. Uh, this isn't like you at all. It's a gravy boat, a glass swan crystal gravy boat." And Data says, have you been a participant in a wedding? And Worf says, no. Like, just like, I mean, that's straight out of the movie Mean Girls or some Disney. He says, no. Like, just like a teen or a twain even. It, like, literally, if you watch one thing this week, watch Worf say no. Eight minutes and 30 seconds. And Data says, wouldn't you think of it's an honor? And Worf's still in this. He goes, an honor? 
perhaps, but human bonding rituals have a great deal of dancing and talking and crying. Yeah, no, his is disgusted and loud and uh, such a teen human or something, human bonding rituals. Then Data heads over to May, uh, the med bay where Dr. Crush is checking on a pregnant woman. He says, hey, do you think you could teach me to dance? She pulls him right out of the uh, room and against a wall. And she has this really, uh, I don't know what this says, tempted, something sensual look on her face. Uh, very intense. Closed lips. And she smiles as Data walks off because she says, uh, how do you know I know how to dance? And Data says, I heard uh, it's in your uh, your service record. You won first prize for jazz and tap at St. Louis Academy. And she goes, great. And she goes, I don't want to be called the dancing doctor again. So uh, you're just trying to make fun of me? And Data goes, no, no, I want to learn how to dance for real for the wedding. No, I don't think he says the way. Well, yeah, something. I want to learn how to dance. And uh, let's see, Kalosla, she smiles as Data walks off because she's pleased to get back. You know, she loves dance. Oh, she also zips her lips and Data zips his. Uh, then Data gets an assignment from Picard and Ambassador Tapel to check out stuff with the neutral zone and the, uh, like, uh, whatever, the freaking whoever they are, Romulans, check into the neutral zone, you know, to give us some strategy stuff. But Data then, he said, like, uh, then they go to the bridge. Uh, let me see. My notes aren't great. Oh, uh, yeah. And then they go to the bridge, and then uh, they they keep changing. And they start heading into the neutral zone, like a new course correction. And Data says, if I, w- w- I'm fortunate that I can work without emotional distraction. If not, uh, heading towards the neutral zone would make me nervous. And we're, the camera slowly pulls in over Data's shoulder, and we see him. He's kind of tapping his finger in a nervous manner. And then he looks at his tapping finger with surprise. I thought that was a powerful image. Then there's an ad, and story-wise. So, so far, Data needs to understand humans, get a gift, learn to dance, and save the wedding. And uh, something, Mr. Varney Hutt... Something, something, something. Does he have a gut? Uh, can he trust it? Uh, that's like a, a, a question that really seems to be important. I don't know what Mr. Varney butt means, but who knows? Uh, then we have Data and Picard with the ambassador. Caution. The ambassador goes, uh, she's flying solo on a risky mission. Oh, then Data feeds his cat. The pet cat. All systems are normal. This is still story stuff. O'Brien comes in, we see more of their friendship, uh, and Data's the thing about, uh, he's apologizing, O'Brien, and Data talks about making his friends comfortable. Uh, then he says, Data, geez, could you talk to Keiko for me? O'Brien says that, and Data seems uncomfortable, and he says, I will try. So something about being calm and rational, facts equals simple. What? And then Keiko says, it's not that simple, just leave me alone. And they put friend double question mark. Something true, true, Tracy equals a mystery, like human relations puzzling. I don't know what that means. True? T-R-C-I or T-R? Troy? Oh, Troy. Uh, human, like he meets with Troy. Not a, no suitable guide for the variables. Troy says, let it be. 
And then Data kind of talks about, should I marry? Because I'm not going to grow old. Uh, then we see the ambassador pacing. She wants information on systems. Data says, why? She says, oh, I was just testing you. And then Data again says, I wish I had an instinct. Uh, I'd prefer to have a gut feeling about this. Okay, so then, uh, like, let's go to the beginning of this sequence. So Data meets with Picard and the um, ambassador who talks like a robot. Uh, Data says, geez, I'm trying to, this, uh, Commander Maddox, there's still dynamics of social interaction I don't understand. Data kind of sets out, geez, this is what I think the Romulans are up to. And Picard says, do you think, you know, he says they're trying to provoke confrontation. Picard says, do you think they're going to change? And Data says, 90% no. And then uh, the ambassador, she says, caution is clearly called for, Captain. However, the mission must proceed. And Picard says, well, I don't feel great about this. Then he sends Data off. Uh, Data feeds his cat feline supplement 74, in case you you know you want to do that. Look like a tuna chicken. And it, it didn't, I don't know if I've seen Data's cat before, but Data's very loving to his cats. He uh, sits down, he does a fluid diagnostic check, and he pets his cat. Uh, let's see, chunks of tuna. Oh, there's a bug or an ant on the cat and the cat food, but they get, the cat loved that. Uh, Data holds and pets the cat, checks his fluid systems. O'Brien comes in and paces around a bunch. Says, you know, that's what we could talk to Keiko for me. Make her see reason. Uh, they work together, but Data, she respects you. Uh, Data's at a loss, but I'll try. Thanks. Uh, let's see what else we got. Data's big on, like, offering O'Brien a bunch of refreshments and music to put him at ease. And Data, O'Brien says, what do you think I should do? And Data says, maybe she hasn't analyzed her decision. At first he says he's not going to help, and O'Brien goes to leave. And then Data says, I will try. And O'Brien says, thank you. And then Data sends his letter to Commander Maddox. I noted Cato was calm and rational when she made the decision this morning. Therefore, you know, I'll just give her an objective analysis of the situation with the facts. And, uh, you know, she won't let emotions cloud her judgment. Make This is going to be simple. So then Data goes and tells Keiko. And she says, what? He goes, you made an incorrect analysis. Uh, she, she goes, what do you mean? He goes, you're not happy. And you assumed that canceling the wedding would make you happy. It's incorrect. She goes, Data, it's not that simple. And Data goes, you need to re-examine your decision-making process and look for errors. And she goes, I'm capable of making my own decisions. Data goes, the facts aren't in dispute. You acted with undue haste and you hurt O'Brien's feelings. And then she goes, what? I thought we were friends. And Data says, well, I am your friend. She goes, if you're my friend, leave me alone. And then Data says, uh, I better figure this out uh, to the Maddox. I better talk to Counselor Troy. Also, let's see, Data's in the hall thinking, cut, what? I don't know what that meant. Uh, Keiko works in the garden or like the floral, like uh, like some sort of uh, growth, growing plant area. Shimon sweet, oh, oh, she also had like a sweet, uh, what are those things called, overall outfit. She was wearing overalls. And uh, she also had a scanner, just like the one that changes people's hair color. So I don't know if she was changing flower colors. Troy drinks English tea, I think, because she had tea with milk. Uh, then Because he, he goes to see Counselor Troy yeah, next. 
shows has like a, a circle moon painting on her wall, like an I- Ikea bookshelf with like CD storage. Uh, Data, will, as we go through the uh, dialogue, he blows Troy's mind, but she still finds a way to put like an empathy positive spin on it. So let's see, what did they say to one another? Uh, Data says, Deanna Troy's the friend I understand the least. Uh, her duties are based on the perception of emotions, and since I have none, you know, maybe we're both mysteries to one another. And Data says, what should we do about O'Brien and Keiko? And Troy says, that's a good question. Maybe when they're ready to talk, they will. And Data says, I've been trying to figure out this marriage thing, but I haven't found a guide. And Troy says, a guide for what? Uh, you know, to figure out successful marriage. She goes, yeah, good luck. And Data says, you know, we got a, these were culture, wedding, this and this. And Data, Troy says, you know what? You want to help them? Don't help them. Let them work it out by themselves. And Dady says, but I'm in their friend. Shouldn't I stand by them in their time of difficulty? And Troy says, yeah, but sometimes being a friend just means letting them be. And Dada says, well, what do you think? And she goes, I don't know. They're in love, but maybe that's not enough. Uh, marriage is about growing old together. And Dada goes, growing old? I didn't realize that was a part of marriage. And Troy goes, well, normally. And he goes, well, I don't grow old. I'm just an android. But I've thought about getting married. And she says, she said, I have no idea. She like puts her arms around, around him and sits next to him. Very good move. And she goes, Data says, I have lots to offer, but I'm not going to grow old. And she goes, you do have lots to offer, Data. Then Data gets called to see this Tapel lady. And she's in like a fish, fish shark. Like she's, has her, she had a giant headpiece on. And now she just has like a skull cap on with a, a fish fin and down the middle. Kind of reminds me of some of my nuns from childhood. And she tests Data by asking him to get, she goes, geez, I have the password. Can you give me all the security protocols? And Data says, I can, but I have to report it to the captain, you know, because I follow all protocols because I'm an android. And she goes, okay. And he goes, do you want me to tell you how to, you know, all the, and she goes, no, 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 you know, this, that was just a test. Don't tell anybody. They put holy fish shark head. Uh, she has some nice floor in her room though. She glares, uh, your, your, her reaction stares at him. She turns away and she says, you may leave. Uh, yeah, then Data's walking, but he just stops to think, uh, like once, like his gut is uh, chiming. Then he stops, he goes to get on the lift, and he thinks again. So he's definitely advancing. But he does say that. He says, Commander Maddox, I've wished for intuition or instinct. Uh, since Vulcans can't lie, I have to accept that the ambassador is telling the truth. But I'd prefer a gut feeling. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, pauses. Then he shows up to the uh, holodeck, and he, uh, he says, Crusher 4 is in progress. Uh, what about, I wondered what Crusher 1, 2, and 3 are first off. And then this is, this scene is unbelievable. Do 2130, if you, you definitely boot this up. I mean, this scene will change your life in a good way. Uh, but, uh, I also wondered if Wesley, so is Wesley have, like, if it's Crusher 4, what if Wesley's like looking at some, what if Wesley's in there? What is Crusher for for Wesley? Like, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't want his mom to see any. He'd probably call it like, uh, he'd make it up. He'd say Crusher and uh, Encyclopedia Brown. 
the most boring case, so his mom would never look and see. Instead of saying, Wesley, I know what Crusher 5 is, and I'm, uh, or whatever, Crusher 6, yeah, 16, my brain. Wesley, holy moly. So let's see, they have dance class, basically. Um, and there's a lot of interesting camera angles here. Let's see, I've learned to dance. Uh, I've wanted something to dance, not at the, at the wedding. I don't know, I, I can't read. Simple and nope. Uh, lead, oh, this is like the story points. Lead and improvise. But something's wrong with data. Then we see Riker and his humor and his uh, chances at love. Uh, then they arrive at the spot. The Romulans in the neutral zone and transport begins. Something being something being solo. I don't know. And then uh, Picard tries to keep her safe, and that doesn't work. So let's see the dance thing. So there's uh, they're at this dance studio from Professor or Doctor Crusher's childhood, and Data says this place is great, and she says let's start with something simple. Let's stop and try it. And it just is 2141 when it really gets good. Because uh, Data, I'll just run through the visuals, but he says, am I dancing, Doctor? Uh, this scene, this sequence will create empathy with Data if you needed it. Uh, in the final lesson at 2215, there's side hops. A couple of different times she has to say stop, Data. Because then she says, try this. And then uh, 23, Data won't stop doing the running man or the running android. She says, stop, Data. Uh, then it's not bad. Data's dancing. Isaiah Rontren, uh, take over. Isn't, ro- oh, isn't, roman- isn't it romantic? I thought it said Isaiah Rontren. Uh, then they do take, take two because Data keeps stamping on command. Uh, Commander Crusher, Dr. Crusher's feet. She smiles. You've got to lead. Data says, lead where? And she goes, I'll lead. And then she goes, and now you lead. Quick, they do a quick change. And then uh, Data's still looking at his feet. She goes, look up. He looks up to the, the ceiling. She goes, look into my eyes. And then she goes, Data, you're holding me too tight. And then she goes, now smile. And Data gives the worst smile. Like, it's so, so weird a smile. And, uh, let's see, Crusher gives, uh, Data gets such a weird smile. Binding, oh, we'll do that, we'll go back to that. So let's see if there's any, uh, oh, let's see, Data says, uh, so, the, the, like, they start tapping, and, like, there's different shots so that they have professional tap dancers at different points, but it doesn't matter. Like, Data does the first steps. It's just so comedic. It's visually comedic, so I can't really do it justice. But, you know, it, it goes, it really is a really well done scene because, uh, when we have Beverly Crusher dancing and enjoying it and, and seeing, it's just, uh, feeling full of life. It, it, this again, I wish there was DVD extras or something so I could see the filming of this, the bloopers from this scene, the cast memories of this. But they start doing this little dancing, tap dancing dance off. And uh, Data just, uh, he's just like, he's just a little bit off every time. He can pick up all the steps, but he can't get the human aspect. He reminds me of me so much. I mean, maybe I wish I was a used to, like, I wish I was a supercomputer Android. But they even, they have a couple different dance-offs. Now they're spinning and dancing. 
and they both have really good moves and a great, great camera switching, really creative way to shoot this. And, uh, like, I think, like, uh, I don't know, like, just really good. And then now they're doing the running, like, they're both run, run tap dancing, but Data just keeps going, like, he's running somewhere. And she goes, stop, Data. He just has this really intense look on his face. Uh, and there's also confusion. Data learned to do some tap dance. He goes, okay, so I'm ready for the wedding. She goes, oh, no, no, no. for the wedding, you need to learn how to dance, uh, with the bride. Oh, I didn't realize you're the father of the bride. They don't do a lot of tap dancing at the wedding. And Data goes, why? She goes, well, geez, I don't, I don't know. And then she goes, okay, let's run. Isn't romantic. Uh, and Data can't pick up leading because he can't watch, uh, Crusher's feet and memory, you know, he has to collect the data and uh, like, uh, she she goes, you know, it's a lot of other variables, very complex set of variables to coordinate, doctor. And she goes, also smile and act like you're enjoying yourself, which is, uh, you know, a little bit of a challenge for Data. Uh, And Data, you know, steps on Dr. Crusher's feet a few times. And I can't imagine, like, getting stepped on by androids, you know, that that would be painful. And then, yeah, Data gets this crazy smile. Well, just you just got to do yourself a favor and watch it. And then um, Crusher has to leave, so then Data gets a new partner, a computer-generated partner, which looks like, uh, I believe it was Donna Dixon. She was married to Dan Aykroyd, I believe, and she was in Spies Like Us and a bunch of other 80s movies. Uh, that wasn't the actress in the scene, but it reminded me of her. I, when she was in Spies Like Us, I had a huge crush on her. And... Uh, I think she was, maybe she was in, I don't know what other movies she was in, but uh, I don't know. And so then Data dances with the uh, hologram, and then the scene ends. All right, so let's see, we're back. So Riker, we come on board. Riker's, to the, Riker's telling a story about a jump roper and how he was a jump rope champion. It pulls Jack down. I don't know what that means, but he's got the crew around him. He has it makes, and then Data comes in. Uh, but uh, Riker's still making a lot of eye contact with one of the crew members and grinning. They go all stop, and Data kind of says, "Geez, you know, Riker has is really humorous and easygoing manner. Fascinating. That's why he's so popular among the crew. Also, maybe why he's so successful in matters of love." Maybe a correlation between humor and sex, but not on my not on my watch. Boredom and sex, no. Maybe humor and sex. Uh, boredom and neuroses mixed with humor. Maybe just straight humor and swagger, though. Need for research is clearly indicated. Data says. Uh, then they stop, and then uh, they kind of go into the neutral zone. They're trying to meet up with this uh, uh, Romulan warbird. Uh, so they go into a holding position, and they kind of do a quick warp. I didn't understand that. Crew's all working together. Then Tapel puts in her own uh, coordinates, and then they, they text with the warbird, and then they get it on screen. Admiral Mendex running that ship. He's very uh, presidential, this very presidential for, you know, I think he may be president of uh, whatever, where are they from, Morlock or Romula? 
Uh, but Bell says, I'm ambassador to Bell. Mendek says, I'm Admiral Mendek. And they said, no, no protocol for this kind of meeting, so I'll just come aboard your ship. And then Mendek says, yeah. And then he says, Captain, you got your defensive systems up? And Picard says, you do too. And Mendek says, this, I like how your style shows strength, eh? Can't wait to meet you, Ambassador. Come on aboard. And Tapel says, the honor's mine. Then Tapel says, I'm going to beam aboard their ship. And Picard says, I don't understand why we can't have the meeting here. We have plenty of room. And she says, hey, your argument's illogical. Follow my instructions. And then they say, O'Brien, transport the Ambassador aboard. And then there's a problem with the transporter, and they transport the, the like, Worf has to boost the auto-sequencers, Data has to do the computer override, and O'Brien loses the pattern. And, I mean, O'Brien's having a rough day. Holy cow. Probably want someone else uh, other than a jilted uh, wedding day person, you know, running the transporter. I mean, no offense. And then the ambassador goes to the farm planted in the sky, there's a break, and then Data says, you know, personal log supplemental. You know, risks on the starship are accepted by those who serve, but uh, there's always a deep emotional response to the loss of a comrade. At times like this, I miss the ability to share feelings. Let's see. Text only, coordinates, warp, red alert, ambassador, puts in her own coordinates, gives a lot of orders. You know, it's the story theme of loss and Data wishing Data could share feelings. Then there's a mystery of what went wrong. Romulan Blars get out. I don't know. Blairs get out. Something. Uh, Data investigates Sherlock Holmes style. T-pad code. Wild goose chase. Uh, those are just story notes. No wonder I'm having trouble uh, figuring the. No wonder I'm having trouble figuring this out. Uh. Uh, then we got the whole crew investigating what went wrong. Face off of the two ships. Everyone's working on it. They're calm, professional, concerned, and focused, I noticed. Very professional crew. But they don't have a conclusive answer. Ricard's size, you know, to go to a farm when you're transporting. Unbelievable. Hardly fitting. And Crusher says, we do have some organics we can check here on the pad. So we'll look into that. And then Worf's like, this Mendex calling, wondering where their guest is. And this was straight out of the freaking Pennsylvania Ave press room. He says, the Mendex, the scene, he says, we're waiting, Captain. Is there a problem? He goes, oh, yeah, uh, Patel's uh, got transported to a farm. And Mendex doesn't buy, oh, this is a trick. You're really trying to trick me with, uh, you know, Romulan uh, tricky stuff. And, and and Picard says, no, 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 the ambassador got transported to a farm, a metaphorical farm. And Mendex says, sure, sure. He goes, why don't we leave the neutral zone before there's trouble? And uh, a lot of other, you know, and Picard says, okay, we'll leave, no problem. But Picard says, Data, I don't buy it. my gut. You know, Picard shows that he has a gut. He says, I, I, uh, take care of investigation, study everything. I don't believe this was a malfunction. And then Data's voiceover says, Captain Picard was the person who introduced me to Sir Arthur, Co- Arthur, Co- Arthur Conan Doyle. I've sub- sub- subsequently become a great admirer of Sherlock Holmes and his ability to solve mysteries by a careful examination of the available evidence. 
Also, let's see, everyone worked, regard size, Admiral Mendek, presidential and cold. Also, why Picard's giving him the assignment, Data's eyes are moving, like he's reading something off his eyes, they're scanning. Yeah, then Data walks off and investigates, first with Geordi, then with O'Brien, then at the med bay. And actually, Crusher's like, no time for dance class right now, Data. He goes, no, 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 I'm pulling a Holmes here, I'm Sherlock Holmes. And she goes, what? And, and then actually earlier Data had said, I found Holmes' methodology of deductive reasoning to be useful. One of his adages is, once you've eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. And Data says, how about we scan those organics? I want to check some stuff. It may be an untamed orthon- orthonoid without a cause. And Crusher pauses, wild goose chase? And Data says, yeah. And then they figure out that it's not uh, the organics from the um, ambassador or, you know, something else is going on. And then Data says, you know, there was a temporary increase in the matter. This They have a staff meeting, matter-to-signal energy ratio. And I think there was a second transporter signal doing it. Uh, he goes, even though this was improbable, it was the only remaining theory Riker says, a second transporter from where? And Data says, from the Romulan ship, they transported the ambassador while we were transporting her to make us think we transported her to a farm in the sky. And they left some organics behind to trick us. And Picard's not happy. He says, okay, let's go talk. Let's go catch him. Worf, uh, get over there. Track him down. Chase him down. And Data says the safest and most logical decision in this situation is to contact the Starfleet and await instructions. However, based on past experience, I can predict, project only a 17% chance Captain Picard will choose that alternative. And Picard goes to red alert. Let's see what other notes I have. Chasing an untamed arthenoid without a cause while a goose chase and nods. Yeah, they checked the mitochondria and neutral lights or something. Uh, but, uh, are these aren't, uh, there's like dramatic music and uh, when data says these aren't the remains or someone says that there's dramatic music, they pull into Crusher. It's a double pull in. They pull into Dr. Crusher. Then they pull into data. Then data moves his head in thought. So let's see. Data makes story wise. Data makes the case and the divorce is heading home. Oh, Picard's at the window, which was interesting. Then, yeah, they go into red alert. They're in action. Picard's not happy. And then Admiral Mendek starts playing dumb because, uh, uh, let's see, they catch up. And then uh, Mendek says, Captain, I thought you were going home. And then Picard says, you have our ambassador. And Mendek says, I can assure you no one's being held here, which is true. And Picard says, we know you mess with our transporter. And then another Romulan ship shows up, and Mendex says, I suggest you leave. And Picard says, I protect Federation citizens. I can't deal with this. And Mendex says, you're going to start. He goes, this is like Potemkin or something, the, uh, whatever, the Tolkien, whatever. So it's like one of those. And Picard says, I have to, I need the ambassador. And then Data does a voiceover. In the game of poker, there is a moment when a player must decide if an opponent is being deceptive or holds a winning hand. The decision is based not only on the odds, but on the appraisal of the man. Is he bluffing or does he have the cards? And then Mendex says, oh, Captain, I don't want to start trouble today. 
And then the freaking ambassador comes in. Turns out she's not Vulcan. She's Romulan. And, like, uh, looks like in some sort of romantic relationship. Subcommander Selak actually regards as a spy. And Mendex says, no, Patriot. She's, you know, was spying on you. That's patriotism. Antibell says, thanks for the help, Captain. And then Mendex says, uh, you see, we're not holding anyone. We're just, thanks for dropping our sister off, uh. Uh, game's over. Hit the road, Picard. And then more Romulans are coming, and Picard's not happy. And Riker says, some days you get the bear, some days the bear gets you. And Picard says, reverse course. Let's head back to Federation territory. Let's see what else I have. In the game of poker, let's say I'm not ready to start a war today. I put WTF, uh... Uh, leave now. Three more Romulans. Some days you get the bear. Then Data goes to see Keiko, who's working hard but happy. And Data goes to apologize. And she says, get dressed for the wedding, Data. And Data says, what? She says, don't be nervous. He goes, I'm not nervous. I'm confused. I thought the wedding was over. And she goes, here, put this carnation on. And then we go to the wedding. It was very cross-cultural, uh, like some Japanese influences. I don't think there was anything Scottish or whatever O'Brien is, uh, but, you know, it could have been. Uh, like, people are in their formal uh, dress, so that was nice. Uh, there's a close-up on, like, a last close-up on Data as he does VO. Uh, and I put, oh, no, okay, this is for the opening, but, it, yeah, let's see, uh, uh, Picard says, since the days of wooding sailing ships, captains got to marry people. Then Data says, there are many human emotions I don't fully comprehend. Anger, hatred, revenge. But I'm not mystified by the desire to be loved or the need for friendship. These things I do understand. I liked that. Uh, I liked that. And then Picard says, congratulations. Data dances with Keiko later. Uh, then we see Picard is, let's see. These are things I do understand. Uh, then Data is dancing with Rido. We did that. But then Picard's in the nursery. Uh, Data comes in and he's talking. Picard's like, shh. And he, he says, welcome aboard to the kid. Data and Worf switch. Oh, that's the very end. Uh, he well, Picard welcomes. I thought Picard didn't like kids, but I guess he likes babies. And that was the Juarez child that was just born. Uh, then we go to the bridge where Data Worf's on duty. And it's the end. It's actually the beginning of the next day for Data because Worf says, uh, all systems normal, headed for Adolphus 4. Engineering fixing a reflector, deflector disc. A sick base got Mbato who uh, slipped during exercise. And we're looking at the Mirasaki Quasar. And Data says, very well, I have the bridge. Worf says, aye, sir. And Data says, if, if being human is not a matter of just being flesh and blood, but instead a way of thinking, acting, and feeling, then I'm hopeful that one day I will discover my own humanity. And then Data says, let's begin night watch, and lights go down. And then Data says, and until then, Commander Maddox, I will continue learning, changing, growing, trying to become more than what I am. And that's the end of the episode. Good night.